Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker and folks on today's show, one thing, one thing, you know, Ron, how you doing? I'm good, Ed. Remember the, the movie City Slickers? Oh, yes. I love that movie. Absolutely. Love that movie. Uh, Billy Crystal in his Mets hat. That's you know that's that one iconic images of him riding in with the with the the, the doggies and and Jack Palance by oh. his side and he rides up to Jack Palance as a girly. What's the secret of life? Jack Palance cigarette hanging out of his mouth is one thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but what's the one thing? That's what you got to figure out. Great movie. I think Jack Palance uh, unfortunately passed away right after that. And and I've I've taken that from that scene and applied it to a couple of things. One was the ending of our show on after action reviews a way, way back. Uh, was one of, I think, the first 13 episodes, I think, Ron, we did on yeah. After Action Reviews to get that done. And the the outcome of an After Action Review, you can go back and listen to that one show, is one thing. What's the one thing that we are all going to mutually agree that we're going to change from now going forward? One of the reasons why we believe in the power of After Action Reviews so much is because we think that by focusing the attention of the group on that one thing, you're not trying to get 17 things done that you know need to be fixed, but it's what's the one thing that becomes a covenant for the organization that we're going to fix. And then, I don't know, this is in November of 2018, I believe. We are big, huge fans of Russ Roberts, also a guest on the Soul of Enterprise and his show Econ Talk. He had the author A.J. Jacobs on and talking about his book, Thanks a Thousand. And in this episode, Jacobs mentions the fact that he keeps a, a one thing journal. Now, his one thing was limited to, I think, one thing that he was grateful for, I believe. So what, what was one thing that he was he was grateful for? And he keeps this list of stuff as he goes through. And I thought that was a really good idea. And I think as did you. And when we had, unfortunately, a cancellation today or actually a postponement, the, here's the good news. Colin Rule, those of you suspect, uh, suspect expecting to hear him, uh, he will be on December 10th, I believe. We've got that locked down. Uh we had to come up with a topic, and last week we also had a guest cancel, which is the first time that we've had back-to-back guests cancel. In fact, I don't think – I think we have now, in the last two weeks, have doubled our guest cancellations that we've had in seven years. So that's a crazy thing. Um, we had to come up with something. So I mentioned to you, well, I've got this this folder of, that I, I keep of this this one thing. Or it's, a, it's actually a, an Evernote document, and I've been feeding it for the last two years off and on. Sometimes I'm more faithful to it than others. And you're like, that's funny because I have a 
I have a, a notebook, which I do the same thing. So we decided, hey, let's do a show called One Thing. And this is this is going to have what we were talking about just before we started recording. You know, no arc to this. This is <laughs> what did Thomas Sowell used to call one of his columns? Random thoughts on the passing scene. <laughs> there you <clears throat> That's go. That's exactly. This will be a zigzag. No, no arc, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> And, so, and Ed, here's the other scary thing about this. I think we're going to need two two episodes for this. <laughs> we're going to need two episodes for I, one thing. <laughs> I was going through my my my. I called it an idea journal, basically. But yeah. I was going through it, and I'm loaded for bear. I mean, I've got a ton of stuff. And like you said, it was just it wasn't really one thing I was grateful for. It was one thing. You know, you're driving and you're listening to something, maybe a podcast or something. I would just note these random, random thoughts, sentences that really struck me. It's like, you know, when something strikes you, you go, wow, I want to remember that, you know, and that's what a lot of this stuff is that I have on my list. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I want to take you back to this is the first one thing, one thing that I put in. So we'll just I'll just kick it off with this. This is from October of, of 2018. And. It the the uh, it, it it just is simply this. Give up your illusion of control, the Stoics. <laughs> Beautiful. Yep. I just read a book by a Stoic philosopher. It was it was fabulous. It was really good. It's just one of those really deep things that you'll be thinking a lot about. For yeah, and, and I think that's one of the things that struck me is, and, and I don't, I, I didn't note on this particular entry like where this came from, or why uh, this was, but what I what I did note and remember about the whatever that whenever this came in into my possession, this thought that man, the Stoics get a bad name because we, we it's, Stoic is almost used now as a as a as a a slight, right? To say, oh, you're such a stoic. Don't do or don't be such a stoic. Show some right. emotion. Right, right. And that's not that's not what they were about. They weren't they weren't Spock. They weren't Mr. Spock. Yep. They 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 were just like, well, they were just very reflective on 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 the world going around them. And they 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 they, they were not not saying ignore the world around you, that you have to participate in it, but Understand that you have to give up your illusion of control. You 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 think you have control, but you don't. And any and and then the more you force your yourself into thinking that you have control over the situation, the less you actually do. So it's just deluding yourself. Yeah. In fact, I just saw a clip of an interview with James Arness, who did Gunsmoke, one of the longest running, uh, you know, characters on television. I think Frazier ended up tying him. But for the longest time, you know, Gunsmoke ran for, what was it, 23, 24 years or something. Yes. And he said, that, you know, the, the reason the show was so popular is old-fashioned morality was one of the things. He said, but they're, they're, it's stoicism. Mm-hmm. The, you know, he, he was a stoic person. I mean, he didn't talk much, you yep. know, um, and all of that. So, yeah, there's there's definitely a wisdom to it. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah, and, oh. and my journal Ed goes back a lot farther than eighteen. I think <laughs> um, in the early days when I used to listen to Rabbi Lappin on the radio, um, you know, when I discovered him, wow, he used to say lots of things, and my first thing comes from him. And I just thought this was really interesting. He says, "What separates a religion from a tennis club?" <laughs> <laughs> and basically, three questions. 
where did we come from? Where are we going? In other words, what happens at death? Mm-hmm. And what are we supposed to be doing? Our purpose. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really neat. So that's that's what separates religion from a te- tennis, tennis club. club. I guess a tennis club could have purpose. He was talking about any organization. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure a tennis club would have a purpose. Purpose, right? But it wouldn't right. have the other things. No. Yeah. So it would really be it would really be the first two questions that separate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any sure. organization from that. So that's that's yeah. That's neat. That's neat. Uh, Lappin's so smart. He is. So why don't we do this? Why don't we do two or three at a time? I don't know how big yours are. Some are mine are just really short. But yeah. Um, the the other thing he that he says, and I, he might have said this on one of the five times we've had him on the show, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to succeed at something we think is morally reprehensible, which is why I think we encounter so many business people who have problems earning money, have mm-hmm. a problem with profit, right? We hear that profit is the root of you know, uh, money's the root of, the root all, of all, you know, and all of that. I, and I think this is part of that. Yeah. So, so say the beginning part again. The it's it's hard to succeed at something we think is morally reprehensible. Yeah. So if you think you know earning a profit, being greedy, you know, self interested, mm-hmm. whatever is morally reprehensible, then how can you succeed at it? Yeah. And is that you think that's one of the reasons why celebrities have a guilt complex over things? Yes. In fact, I read a book on that that actually dissected that from some psychologist or psychiatrist. I forget. But but that was one of the theories. And I think there is something to that. I don't think it's the only thing, but I Mm -hmm. think there's a big because here they are. They're waitresses for the longest time or doing these, you know, like, well, Steve Martin worked at Disneyland. Mm hmm for 10 something years and then went over to Knott's Berry farm and, and worked there. I'm not kidding. Um, and you know, for, for the longest time, you're not, you know, you're barely scraping by. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're flush with millions kind of, it's kind of the same thing as the lottery winners. Yeah. They, they don't feel like, you know, they're worthy and therefore they blow it within six months or a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've I've often thought that there's something something to that. Some is a it's a, a guilt complex. Like, what did I really do? Although you know, the, man, acting is hard. That's it's I've done it. It's not easy. I, yeah, no, I know. I, we were talking about that earlier today as mm-hmm. why they make so much money. I I you know it's kind of like um, with with Nobel Prize winners. I just read a book. In, uh, a guy does a podcast uh, who interviewed ended up interviewing a bunch of Nobel Prize physicists and he kept asking them asked every one of them do you suffer from the imposter syndrome like i'm not worthy and and Mm. more than one of them said absolutely even when i was accepting the war the award from the king and had they have to sign a book and he said i saw the name richard Feynman, albert einstein because i don't belong here (laughs) (laughs) what the hell am i doing here (laughs) and i can see that the imposter syndrome is is absolutely real sure yeah well that that sort of ties in with my next one which was from another econ talk episode guest annie duke on her book thinking in bets Mm. and one of the things that that she suggests that we do and i think this is a really good practice to get into is if you have a some stated belief whatever belief that is 
ask yourself, not do you believe it, but what percent do you believe that your belief is true? So this is kind of a meta thing. Mm -hmm. What percent do you believe that your belief is true? And if and if you can't say it's not zero or 100, you'll begin to no longer think in absolutes about things. And I think that that's very true. I mean, there's probably certain things that you would say zero to or you would say 100 to from a percentage standpoint. And that's fine. And that's what your true and core beliefs are. But can you admit to yourself that, oh, well, I, I, I think that. But do I believe that absolutely to be true? Well, maybe maybe 75 percent. Sure. So I think that's a, it's a good way to. They try to think about a lot of things is to is to put a range on it instead of a yes no yeah it's and, a good way to concretize humility epistemic mm -hmm. humility right yeah yeah, yeah. that's so, awesome you know asking about the percent of your belief about your belief <laughs> which, right right no i like that I like i remember that podcast so yeah uh, that's good yeah yeah some good stuff well we're up against our break ron but we we have a new sponsor and we're pretty excited about it the folks at file hq which is f y l e hq.com and they do expense reports the commercials will be ready probably next week but we just want to give them a shout out and welcome them to the soul of enterprise and we're glad they're they're on with us so if you're interested in what they have to offer with uh, really cool stuff about expense reporting that i think takes it to a whole nother level um check them out at file f y l e h q dot com ron you want to take us out here uh, yeah, I just want to say to, on file, they gave us a demo of it, and I just found it to be incredible. I mean, I thought it was really liberating mm -hmm. uh, the way that you can use any platform you want to do your expense reports. Because as we know, expense reports are the timesheets for yeah. private industry. So, yeah. and yeah, if, folks, if you want to contact Ed or me, send us an email to ask tsoe at verisage.com. We will post full show notes at the soul of enterprise.com. Check us out at patreon.com slash tsoe. And if you become an, a member, you at a certain level can get a shout out on the show like Blake Oliver did. And you can check out Blake Oliver at earmarkcpe.com. You can actually earn CPE for listening to podcasts. So check that out at earmarkcpe.com. And now a word from our sponsors. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Ron, let's take a minute and talk about our new sponsor, File, F-Y-L-E. We saw a demo of this thing and it's really awesome. It really is. It allows complete flexibility. You can use any program to submit your expenses. I found that completely liberating. Yeah. And of course, it integrates with all of the accounting software out there. Yeah. And they really nailed their pricing. They use a flat pricing system. So you don't pay for all your employees, only the ones that actually file their expense reports. Yep. So check them out at FileHQ.com. That's F-Y-L-E-H-Q.com. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. 
Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah, 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 Whatever. And four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're doing one thing, and actually it's going to be a million things, Ed, but it's from a one things journal. And the one I have is, you know, we love Thomas Sowell, one of our mm-hmm. earliest guests on the show. And my favorite line of his is, there's no solutions, there's only trade-offs. Yep. Uh, but along those lines, he also gives this advice. He says, economists don't ask, what do you want? But rather, what do you want more? Because if I said to you, if I, I Ed, I really want a Lamborghini, it's my <laughs> life goal, you yeah. know, you'd be completely sane by saying, great, sell your house, don't take vacations, don't eat, mm-hmm. buy a Lamborghini. Obviously, you don't want one. You don't want one bad enough. Bad enough. What do you want more? Yeah. Exactly. So I love that. Yeah, that's a good question. And I, yeah, I, but it, now we have to be careful because that can potentially lead to either or thinking. To some degree, we had, right where there's the, in other words, the genius of the end sometimes does kick in. Why not both? Why can't we if, if in taken to the extreme is all I'm saying. Right, right. Right. And I think that's why he says, what do you want more? More. It, it's kind of a spectrum type thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but similar yeah. to the range of zero to 100, that that kind of yeah. stuff. It's yeah. marginal thinking, basically. Marginal. Yep. It, yeah. Yep. Um, yep. And another one, and I'm pretty sure this comes from Rabbi Lappin, but he also points out, he talks about energy a lot. Mm-hmm. And he says, the use of energy is a is another major difference between man and animals mm-hmm. because it enables us to gain time, which is really important. We have time, you know, time is life, right? Um, and I know it's a constraint and all that, but, we, you know, we only have so much of it. And... Um, the other, obviously, major differences between man and animal, there's language and there's clothing, right? Clothing is, mm-hmm. uh, separates us. And, of course, the other thing is we happen to put ice in our drinks. But uh, <laughs> Laughter. <laughs> Laughter. <laughs> Laughter, yeah. Yeah. Questions. Yep. Yep. So, so well, I love that. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Good stuff. This is from uh, uh, an episode of Uncommon Knowledge. Another another uh, guest of the of the soul of an enterprise, our friend. Um, I can't think of his Peter name Robertson. now. Peter Peter Robinson. No no no. Uh, yes, Peter Robinson. I'm sorry, Peter Robinson. So Peter Peter Thiel was on Peter Robinson's show, Uncommon Knowledge, 
And this is, I thought, an interesting thing. He says, this is Peter Thiel now. There is Marxian theory that Marxism will come when interest rates reach zero. (laughs) Since this means capitalists don't know where to put their money because there are no good investments left. And the only thing to do is is redistribute the capital. And I thought that was a really interesting idea, <laughs> especially that's going back, you know, to uh, December of 2019. Um, you know, and interest rates have been kept artificially low. Now we're starting to see that maybe we're gonna, those things are going to have to change. And I think there's a lot of people worried about what will that balloon the deficit to when when a large portion of the uh, becomes servicing the debt. Right. And as, as you always point out, well, that's that that that's the least of our problems, because at least that's not destructive spending. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but I but I thought that this was an interesting point. I had never come across that. Have you have you is that something it, you've heard about? No, but I it made me think of and uh, it, it's actually my journal, but I don't have it in front of me. But Gilder, you know, talks about how he's got that money is time. Mm-hmm. You know, he, mm-hmm. re- he reversed it. Time is money. Money is time. Uh, he says when you you start talking about this idea of negative interest rates. Interest rates are all about the future, right? You're giving up future consumption, being compensated now. He says, if you move into negative interest rates, he says, you're saying that time runs backwards. And that makes no sense. And that's mm. what I thought of when, when you said that. I do remember Peter Thiel saying that. It's a very interesting point. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. interest rates are a price like everything else, and they need to be free, set by the market, not by the Fed. <laughs> yeah. So here's another quick one that, that that came up for for me, and this is from April of uh, 2020. And I this is something that I have dub- redoubled my efforts, as the saying goes, in probably the last month about this, uh, to the point where I've almost gone gone into the you know the the, the autocorrect, mm-hmm. where you can you know put a word in and it will substitute a word. Yep, and that if I type the word feel it changes it to think think yes <laughs> yes so the my note to myself here the one thing is use i think not i feel I feel and how common has i feel become have you noticed that like in meetings yes you know people say well i feel and no i want to know what you think yeah what you feel yeah so I, I think I, I, I think I think I do a pretty good job with it already, but I like want to redouble my efforts around it because it, it does. It, the construct is is almost meaningless. Well, that's nice that you feel that that's right, good, good, right. good for you. <laughs> that's not helpful in the conversation for, for you to feel that. But and and do you really feel it or do you think it? And think about the difference between those two words. There's there's a lot of difference between Massive. those two words. Massive. And 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 I think it's this outgrowth of something we've railed on for a long time, and that is this notion of empathy that it must come from the feeling I'm, I'm feeling into, and not no. This is what I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The head or the heart, right? Mm-hmm. It should be yep. ruled by the head. Yeah, um, and I love this too. You'll like this, Ed, and and I'm pretty sure I might have asked Lappin about this as well. But there's two types of government: there's bricks and stones, <laughs> because bricks are all the same, right? <laughs> government housing, mass transit, where stones are all individual, 
like cars mm-hmm. and freedom and liberty. So I just, I, I love that visual image though, of the bricks and the stones, right? Bricks versus stones. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Good then stuff. of course, uh, we talk a lot about spiritual versus physical um, and how the spiritual means it can't be measured. You know, you can take a violin into a laboratory, it's height, it's weight, it's length, but you know, somebody picks it up and you cry or weep or march off to war. That's spiritual. And he also says money is spiritual and reputation is spiritual because you can damage it from afar. Whereas I can't damage your car. You know, I have to be present physically to damage your, like key your car or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the, like burglars, he points out, damage you spiritually, not physically, because they invaded your your home. Your space. You your know. space and all that. And and uh, my favorite example, and he did talk about this on one of our shows, but I just love this image. He said, if my pet chimp would understand what I'm doing, then that's physical. If they don't understand what I'm doing, then that's spiritual. So sitting down, reading a paper, buying a cup of coffee, in fact, get engaging in any type of transaction, you know, the chimp would look completely puzzled. Um, and I just love that distinction. between the, Well, the spiritual. chimp might understand that with the, the drinking, the sustenance part, but what the chimp yes. wouldn't understand is the transaction, transaction. part, that's the right. ability. I'm exchanging this for this. Although there's lots of experiments with chimps about exchange, right? Isn't there the, the, the Capuchin monkeys who got like pissed off when when they weren't yep. given uh, they, they were given grapes or grapes or cucumbers, cucumbers or something. Yes. And if they didn't get the grape, they started throwing the cucumbers I, back at the. At the <laughs> and remember, I had that story about that one zoo that had those monkeys that would steal things and hold out for more value. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, a yeah. ransom. You know, and, and same type of monkey, too, capuchin or whatever. Um, but he, you know, he, he even talks about that, how, yes, these certain apes have a, a vocabulary. He says they communicate, but they're not using language like humans do. Mm. Bees can communicate with one another, but it's not language. But no. Yeah. No. Cool stuff. All right. Is that two for you or you got one more? That's two for you. Okay. So uh, um, uh, this is from, I I believe, our episode with Peter Block. And uh, some of there's I have a whole slew of notes from that conversation. But the one that ended up in my my one one thing category was this. A clear process is only an invitation for someone to say that you're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So, which is very true, especially with knowledge work, right? I mean, this is yeah. the things that, that you and I have railed against for years and years and years is that knowledge work can only be judged usually by other knowledge workers. And even sometimes those knowledge workers who don't know exactly what it is that you're doing, they can still judge your output, which is, I think, very interesting. Even if you didn't follow the process they designed. Uh-huh. Yep. Right. And you get yeah. you get to the uh, same output or better output. Yeah. But yeah, I <laughs> just love that that notion of clear process. Right. Now, you're going to avoid the clear process. <laughs> P- Peter Block's got a lot of great little lines. Oh, right? gosh. Yeah. Wow. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 I know he's he's fantastic. Um, so then this is another one that that uh, from I picked up in very controversial guy, Jordan Peterson. We've talked on and off about him but he says there is no correlation between virtue and intelligence <laughs> he's probably not the first one to say that but 
<laughs> it's a it's true. a critically important point. Yep, that is yeah, that's profound. Actually, I mean, <laughs> I just um, think Germany. Yeah, almost and, you know that which which in the world. Yeah, and I mean, and, and that's 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 that, and I think about that occasionally. That we used to have a, a conference system at at Sage that remember when you would. You know, not business before Skype, before video conferencing, where you would have you would get uh, people and they would all have to call in and punch yep. your conference code number. And then, you know, there's people like looking around for us a little bit of a nightmare. But and uh, one of the things I recall is that if you would get on the on the call early, there would be a recorded me message. And it was something it would say something like uh, the leader has not yet arrived. The leader has not yet arrived. Never. And I got to thinking about this. It's like, well, what is this message in Germany? Like, does it say "De Führer is not"? Is like, <laughs> and it turns out that you know that they've changed the word for leader in German. Like, they don't use the word "Führer" anymore. I bet. Yeah. They now they use it in other things. Like, I think it's something like project manager is something like project Führer. Like yeah. it's so that it's, it's still part of other words. It's sub words. <laughs> it can be part of a sub word, but the singular, the leader who is the leader is not who is the Führer anymore, which that, that's just kind of interesting, right? They just, they had to it eliminate is. the word. <laughs> I want you to go through all your PM materials Ed, and change leader. <laughs> <laughs> Project Führer, yeah. <laughs> Obergruppenführer, Obergruppenführer, but 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 I think that that's really interesting because back in, in but my point being is that leadership itself isn't good or bad, right? Like was Hitler a good leader? Was Mussolini a good leader? Well, they were clearly evil people, horrible human beings, but. The leadership itself as a concept that can be used for good or evil. There's not. There's nothing that that makes leader inherently good. And I think there's something to that. It's important to keep in mind. Right. Even all the different definitions. You know, leader or somebody who has a fault. You know, who has followers. Mm -hmm. right, well, <laughs> Manson had followers. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. necessarily make it good. Nope. Um, I know we only got a couple minutes, but. Um, Here's a cup here. Here's one. And I forget who, where I got this, um, you know, reading about the population bust of the world. Um, and this goes way back, but somebody posed this question. Would a child rather have more material things? Like if they were an only child, right? They'd be spoiled with toys mm -hmm. and all that more material things or a sibling. That's a very, very profound thought. Hmm. That Which would they prefer? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think if it depends on when you ask them. Like if you would ask my brother sure. if he wanted a little brother, he would have said, "Hell no." <laughs> and <laughs> then you proved him right. Him back. <laughs> uh, but if you ask no. in later life, I think everybody would say a sibling. I think that's probably true. Yeah, an absolute gift. It's an absolute gift to have a brother or sister. Yeah, um, I just thought that was really neat. Um, and then another one that, you know, we always talk about how numbers don't tell the whole story. They can obfuscate the truth. They can, they can hide it. They can make you rely and, and, uh, on, on the false sense of security that numbers give because of the precision, right? Mm -hmm. Russ always jokes about the decimal places and, uh, forecasts. Um, I, and you know, you've probably seen this story. We share more DNA with whales than chimps. 
uh, supposedly we share something like 98% or 95% of DNA with whales. <laughs> so what? Should we marry whales? <laughs> right? I mean, it just doesn't, it, the numbers don't reveal the, the true significance. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those examples. Yeah, the difference is more important in that in those this particular case than the similarities. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, I want to remind you that you can contact Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website is The Soul of Enterprise. There you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. But right now, a word from our sponsor. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. Ron, let's take a minute and talk about our new sponsor, File, F-Y-L-E. We saw a demo of this thing, and it's really awesome. It really is. It allows complete flexibility. You can use any program to submit your expenses. I found that completely liberating. Yeah, and of course, it integrates with all of the accounting software out there. Yeah, and they really nailed their pricing. They use a flat pricing system, so you don't pay for all your employees, only the ones that actually file their expense reports. Yep, so check them out at FileHQ.com. That's F-Y-L-E-H-Q.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And you're listening to the commercial edition of the Soul of Enterprise. We do have a commercial free edition that you can listen to, listening to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash TSOE, where in addition to commercial free episodes of the Soul of Enterprise, you also get our bonus episodes. And that Patreon channel is sponsored by 90 Minds. If you need a mind, get one at 90minds.com. Ron, um, as I'm up on uh, my one thing file, and there's a c- couple of here that I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, pleased to share with you because you're not going to hear them anywhere else. And one of them is from this guy, Mark Kless. 
Mark is must be a relative of mine, but we have not been able to connect how. Uh, he lives in Buffalo, New York, and owns a uh, auto repair shop with his brothers. It's actually called Kless Boys, and we just encountered each other on on uh, Facebook one day. I forget who contacted who first, and but we've just connected. Uh, I made some attempts to try to visit with him, but uh, haven't been able to obviously travel as much as as I like. But uh, w- curiously, Mark is also a libertarian. <laughs> which, oh, wow. Yeah. Must be something in the name. Must be. Must be. Uh, but he, he said this on September 1st of 2020. He said, CNN, Fox, MSNBC all have censorship over the information they report. Facebook and Twitter now have censorship on the information we report. Hmm. I thought that was pretty profound. I think that's that's a really important point. Yeah, that's some <laughs> of the things that you hear about the people that want to treat it like a common carrier. Mm-hmm. It's one of the points they make, and yeah. it's it's a valid point. It's a valid point. It absolutely is a valid point. I'm not necessarily there ready ready to make them a common carrier, but I do think that that that, that is an absolute valid point. Uh, you know, I I do think, and and this I believe is David Friedman. He he makes this point in his book Machinery of Friedman that if machinery of freedom, that the answer to misinformation and disinformation is just more information. information. Yeah. That it, it's not to try to get eliminate misinformation and disinformation. It's just provide more information, allow more and more information to be provided, and that that ultimately will win out over the disinformation and misinformation. And I, I, I'm in on that. I'm in on that. I, I think that's right. I really do think that's right. I, you know, uh, the guy that you like, John, as uh, a Jonathan Hike or whatever, who's got that book, the Const- uh, Constitution of of truth or something yeah um, he's been all over recently um he he says that's he says but more information doesn't give you a vehicle to um tease out the truth you know what's true mm-hmm. right that's one of his critiques of the free marketplace of ideas but i don't know i i look at the public health issue you know um yeah there's different interpretations of the data of COVID or whatever but isn't more information better and let people decide on their own yeah i agree and i i, I think he's wrong on that it's the constitution of knowledge is knowledge. his book that's it. Constitu- constitution of knowledge yeah right, right um i actually have it started it and then stopped because it's very brainy and heady and just preferred to listen to him talk on podcasts about it because it's yeah it's, no it's it's got some deep <laughs> deep ideas but i do remember that's one of his critique of the marketplace of ideas Mm -hmm. and i'm still not persuaded by it but it's it's an interesting point yeah i I think about yeah so this one was from july 31st of 2020 and i again i i've been getting getting better at noting the sources on this i did not note the source of this so i apologize but it said if you were reading a letter from the late 1700s and said, the best way to understand this would be to, to assume that the words mean the same as they do today. You would be laughed at. But somehow, when we apply this to the Constitution, some folks think it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> boy, that gets into the whole contextualist, literalist, inter, you know, a, a different schools of thought on 
how to interpret laws and the Constitution. That kind of stuff makes my head hurt past a it, certain point. It does. It does make my head hurt, too. But but I think it's important. I mean, I, I it, it really doesn't make any sense to me to to to, you know, you hear people say, well, you know, we got to apply the rules to today. And the, the 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 founders couldn't have known what gun guns would evolve into. And OK, well, so, so and I think I've talked about this on a, a previous show might have been just a bonus show. All right. Well, if that's the case, then I suggest that we bring back the technology that was available in the late 1700s and we should turn off the air conditioning in the halls of Congress because. Since there was no air conditioning back then, they also assumed that nobody would be in Washington, D.C. in June, July, August and most of September because it's freaking malarial. The living constitution. Yeah. So, yeah. So if we're if we're if we're going to if we're going to apply, you know, new methodologies of thinking to this and we have to do that. Well, all right, then I think we should eliminate air conditioning from (laughs) from the halls of Washington, D.C. Reminds me of what Walter Williams used to say about somebody who keeps making the argument of the living constitution, you know, like Woodrow Wilson did. And he said, yeah, would you would you play poker with somebody who played by living rules? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm Uh, I love this, Ed. This is from Arthur Brooks, the former president of AEI, the American Enterprise Institute. How do you get down the road to serfdom? One policy at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like that. Um, And I like this, and this is, I'm pretty sure this is Lappin too. Um, Only acts of faith, not facts, are the most rewarding. Business launches, marriage, kids, investments. Right. It's it's it kind of goes back to this physical spirituality difference. But if we build a boat today or an airplane or a bridge, chances are it's going to float, fly, you know, sail. Right. 100 percent almost. Yeah. But why do businesses fail at such a high rate and marriages and even investments? Because they're spiritual. Again. But yet those are the most rewarding things that we do. Yeah. Just interesting distinction. Yeah. Yeah. No good stuff. All right. So this is from another uh, cynic that I came across in February of 2021, and that is from Seneca. And he said, if you resist your destiny, it drags behind you. But if you follow your destiny, it guides you. Mm. Yes. Seneca was one of the early Stoics. In fact, that's the book I just read. It was Seneca. yeah, I said cynic, didn't I? Stoic. Yes, sorry. Yeah, stoics, yeah. not cynics. <laughs> Different thing altogether. Uh, and then, and then this, of course, also from February, uh, uttered on our program with D- D- Donald Hoffman, Professor Donald Hoffman, another big show for us, and where he said uh, to us, "Science is not dogmatic, but scientists are." Love that. Absolutely love that. I know I've got many Richard Feynman sayings in here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But I want to get your reaction to this. I really like this. Theology is what man thinks about God, while religion is what God thinks about man. Yes. And And Lappin's point is I'm much more interested in religion than I am theology. Much more interested in religion. What? Okay, what so God what God thinks about, thinks about man, yeah. yeah so, man so to 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 that end, I'm going to I'm going to go back to one that I skipped over, but I think it's it's in alignment. So this is uh, from the June June 30th of 2020. Bishop Barron, he's I think one of the auxiliary bishops of Los Angeles, 
Hmm. Catholic bishops in Los Angeles, YouTuber, YouTube guy. You know, this is like the Catholic Church getting into the YouTube thing. And uh, he he said on an episode that he did about Andrew Cuomo, uh, that he was he's quoting scripture and he says, "There's a phrase that it, in in you, meaning God, in you we live and move and have our being." And then he goes on to say, "God is not the supreme being; God is being." That's good. We ha- so it's not it's not a question of supremacy like us. This is no the this spiritual that that you you're talking about. And again, not, it doesn't even necessarily have to be religious. The spiritual it it it, it is being right. Then that's I, I think that was, that's also like uh, Donald Hoffman. I think would say the, he would substitute in consciousness. Uh, although, you know, I'm sure that he and Rabbi Lappin and Father Sirico and Bishop Barron would strongly disagree with the, the the side of it. But I think they're all sort of describing the same thing uh, in a way. Uh, this this notion of not supreme being, but just just being just consciousness, as Donald Hoffman would say, we're conscious agents. Right. I remember I, I liked what he said and wrote in the book. He talks a little bit about the idea that, you know, yeah, of course, uh, religion has something to say about consciousness and philosophers, but so do scientists, you know, and he kind of frames it that way. He says, we can both make contributions to this field. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's cool. All right. So I just that, I, that was just bringing back. So you're still up. You've got another one. Oh, um, wow. OK. Um, well, I love this. Ed. Uh, anything random can't happen just once right so if you go to <laughs> vegas and you stand at a, a roulette wheel um chances are you know the, 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 if you stood there long enough the same number five black or what red whatever is going to come up yep. right because yep. it's random and it it, it it can't just happen once unless the wheel's rigged or something and this is why materialists must find life on other planets so life on earth is not just random mm. and i think that's a really good point yeah. That's a really deep point, actually. Is it quite mm. a deep point? Wow. Well, you know, this is going really quickly, Ron. I have to say, you know, for, for just it, making up. It is a fun, fun show. We'll have to think of what. Please let us know what you think about it. Sending us the either notes to at, ask TSOE at Verisage.com or just tweet out there and just hit that handle at ask TSOE. Uh, again, the website is the soul of enterprise. We do have the Patreon channel, but want to hear from our sponsors. And of course, my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Ron, let's take a minute and talk about our new sponsor, File, F-Y-L-E. We saw a demo of this thing, and it's really awesome. It really is. It allows complete flexibility. You can use any program to submit your expenses. I found that completely liberating. Yeah, and of course, it integrates with all of the accounting software out there. Yeah, and they really nailed their pricing. They use a flat pricing system, so you don't pay for all your employees, only the ones that actually file their expense reports. Yep, so check them out at FileHQ.com. That's F-Y-L-E-H-Q.com. 
Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are talking one thing, <laughs> which is many things. Times a thousand. The, about <laughs> a thousand things. Uh, but uh, from our from our one thing journals, and uh, we're we're just sharing some some random thoughts. And I, Ron, I had one that kind of, that leverages off of the the one that you just la- last presented. And this is from a concept from uh, Talib uh, Nicholas Nassim Talib, and he he probably is quoting somebody else. But I again, I'm quoting from from his book, and he he talks about the the between probabilities uh, that most people don't understand. And I think this is very much related to benchmarking. I think this is this is mm-hmm. why, why benchmarking in companies is really a colossal failure as far as I'm concerned. And he talks about the, that, you know, there's, there's two scenarios we can describe. One is if we were to send 100 people to a casino and they spend one night at the casino and that they're given a certain amount of money and told to, to bet the money. Now, we're going to get a distribution pool where some of them are going to go bust, some of them are going to break even, and then some of them are going to make money. And we'll probably we'll get a bell curve distribution of that, although it will be more likely <laughs> skewed toward those who go bust, right, uh, right. clearly. But he says, but and, and that's what that's what people observe when think that benchmarking is. But the reality is, is that benchmarking is not that at all. Benchmarking would be more the equivalent of one person going into a casino for 100 consecutive nights. Right. And if you go bust on day 29, there is no day 30 because you're bust. Now, you're like, well, why is that benchmarking? Because the answer is, is that who are we benchmarking? Well, we're only benchmarking against the companies that have survived. Right. We're not benchmarking against the companies that have gone out of business at all, because by definition, they've fallen off the system. So right. we're, we're not looking at that at all. <laughs> so, so not only have they survived, but they're at their apogee of at, at winning. Yes. They're on a winning streak. They're right? on a winning streak. That's, that's correct. Why we, that's why we want to go look at them. That's right. And they could go bust the next day. But we would, but then they wouldn't show up in the benchmark the next time. Right, right. I love it. That's good. Yeah, no, I, I remember that. That's a great. I love that. I send a hundred people in, send one guy in for a hundred days. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I, th- I think it really illustrates the point of why you know benchmarking is just makes absolutely no sense because the the data collection is absolutely one person going into the casino for a hundred days. That's the data. That's the, the data collection scheme, not. A hundred random people going in at, for one. So, yeah. 
Good stuff. All right. Uh, so the the other one, I have, a couple I have here is uh, that uh, talk about the that remember that college behind bars. Yes. Scenario. Yep. Um, Burns. Yeah. Uh, and and the our, our he said Max Kenner said on about Bard's prison institution. Our philosophy is rooted in an agnosticism about results. Mm. <laughs> and. I thought that was pretty profound that what they are, it's not about how many people they, they get in or that, that, that get, that get, go, go through the program. Through it the is. Program. Yeah. It's, it's about for them. It is about this notion of process. And I think we have to be careful of that because you and I will have a tendency to dismiss, okay, well, we must not let, let uh, process get in the way of our results. Our results. And I was bagging on right. process earlier with, you know, processes of reason, but there are certain times where the process is the result. There, right. th- that 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 process is what makes things better, and I thought that he made that point extraordinarily well. And this no- notion of a philosophy is rooted in an agnosticism about results. If if that's a philosophical philosophical construct that you have as an organization, and you admit it, and are all th- then by all means, I, I I favor what it is that you're doing. It's just it's when people don't admit. <laughs> that they're not after results that they're oh it's only just the process that's important here right, no right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> winston yeah. churchill's got this great line eventually you have to look at results eventually yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but no i totally agree because especially when you're talking about compassion or charity you know that touching one life at a time changing mm-hmm. one mind at a time that's that's a big deal and mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that prison behind or college behind bars isn't scalable like you right. want to do if you were an entrepreneur or a business, but it's impacting those lives, un, un, I mean, profoundly. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's worthwhile. So yeah, even the smallest act can, can have profound differences. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. All right, what do you got? I got the law of moral entropy, Ed. It's, ah. easy, it's easier to be destructive than constructive. And one of the ways to think about this is, can you think of a number of ways you could wreck your life tomorrow? Oh, God. <laughs> How I about mean, in the next pro- five minutes, actually? Yeah, yeah, you could probably come up with a list bigger than your <laughs> I could, journal. I could destroy my career in the next five <laughs> minutes on this show <laughs> if you really, yep. if, if I had to. Okay. But now come up with ideas on how to improve your life. Mm-hmm. A little bit more challenging. So the law of moral entropy, I like that. And here's, here's one, and we kind of talked about this in different contexts over time, but there's a, and it's a Chinese saying. I always thought this was a Russian saying, but it's a Chinese saying. The future is certain. We just can't agree on the past. The, yeah. future, the future is certain. We just can't agree on the past, right? They, the great leap forward, the cultural revolution, right? We're going to build the perfect utopia, the new Soviet man, whatever. And I was thinking about that. The future is certain. We just can't agree on the past. Capitalism is probably the opposite of that. Mm. The future is uncertain. We just we, we can't agree future. on the fi- we can't agree on the, future. the future. Yeah, and that's why we have different ex- entrepreneurial experiments. experiences. Yeah, yeah we don't sure. know if the iPod or the VHS or Betamax is going to win out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I heard a really good example of of that, but you know. We'll have to save that for another time. I want to get I want to get one more in here, and then give you a chance to get one more in because we're really coming up on time here. But I, I just wanted to, to to share this this one. Um, 
in and this is from September of, of this year, increasing safety in the cars in the 60s and 70s has increased the number of fatalities for pedestrians and motorcyclists because drivers feel safer and therefore are driving overall faster. Right. The Peltzman effect. Samuel yep. Peltzman. Yeah. yeah. And wow. Uh, the, people don't like when you say that, by no, the way. They don't. <laughs> they, really, they don't. They don't like that at all. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you two acronyms uh, that, I, uh, that oh. I like. One is DRIP, D-R-I-P. Okay. Data rich, insight poor. Okay. So kind of go back to numbers don't tell you everything. And the other one I like, you know how you talk about project management, workflow, yep. turnaround time, right? Yep. Well, what about fish? First in, still here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Projects awesome. become fish. Fish. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this one up, Ron. You know, what do we got next week? You know, we don't know yet, but just like uh, we did this week, we'll improvise and come up with something cool. I'm sure we will. Well, I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage. Thinking the, the uh, I can't. I'm losing my mind here, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. We'll see you next week at noon Pacific time. That's 3 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, please feel feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. Enterprise.com.